Welcome to the Make Real Stuff Podcast, Episode 1. Make Real Stuff is the podcast that will help you take your product idea from sketchpad to store shelf. So let's get started. I'm your host, Ryan Hamilton. On today's episode, we're going to dive into several different types of products that you might create if you have an invention in mind and what categories your product idea might fall into. But first, I'd like to talk just a little bit about why I'm launching this podcast and who I am and what I think I have to share. So I've been in the consumer products industry for over 20 years since in 2003, I started as a toy sales rep. That's simply a person who calls on stores with certain lines of toys. We sold everything from stuffed animals to puzzles and games to die-cast cars. And in the same year, my wife and I decided to open our own toy store in Lakeside, Ohio. The store was called Kids on 3rd Street. We had lived in Europe, and we came back from Europe to have our first child in the summer of 2003. And we saw so many cool toys in Europe that we did not see here in the U.S. that we decided to open a little toy store to sell them. So we had toys from Germany and France and no batteries at all, all really imagination-powered toys. So that was 2003 through about 2008 or nine that we ran that store. We also opened another store right next door called Home on 3rd Street to sell European-style home goods. And in 2007, we decided to go to the Nuremberg International Toy Fair called Spielwarenmesse. It's the largest toy show in the world. And we thought that we could combine my experience as a sales rep, the knowledge of importing and sales with our knowledge of toys, and find some new products that we could bring to the U.S. market that weren't here yet. So that was my first um, importing and distribution business called All New Materials. Fast forward through many years, um, from that point, I went on to work for a startup company that was opening a chain of uh, kids enrichment centers and retail stores on the East Coast. I was a toy buyer at barnesandnoble.com in New York City, um, got back into distribution and eventually into product development. I've launched multiple Kickstarter campaigns with my own product ideas. I've sold millions and millions of dollars worth of product to all kinds of different retailers around the country. I've lived in Europe as well as in the U.S. in these roles, so I have a pretty good understanding of the global market as well. And for many years now, I've had this nagging sense that I need to share these experiences with others. Every time I watch uh, an episode of Shark Tank or every time I walk around a trade show, I see people that really need some help. Uh, need some help defining their product category, defining their product niche. Maybe the product name is a, a misfit for the product itself. And so I started almost eight years ago now writing a book and coming up with ideas for a podcast. I got the brand name, the URL, Make Real Stuff, years ago. Had a friend create the logo for me and simply have not taken the initiative to get this started. So Today's the day, as the old saying goes, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and the next best time to plant a tree is today. So today is the day that I launched the Make Real Stuff podcast. So a few things about what I'm setting out to do here. I do plan to have solo episodes like this, where I talk through 
ideas and concepts that you'll need to know as you bring a product to market. And also I'll bring in guests for conversations about product development in all kinds of different categories and fields to talk about things like packaging and price point and uh, marketing, all the different things that go into launching a successful new product. I'm also going to be doing something that I have not seen done before and I hope you find interesting, and that is that I'm going to work in real time on some new product concepts from initial sketch right through to final sales and getting them into the marketplace. My ultimate sort of crazy goal, my my BHAG, my big, hairy, audacious goal in this is to actually bring one of these products to Shark Tank, sort of the holy grail of any entrepreneurial journey in the product development space. So I have a couple product ideas that I've been kicking around for many, many years. I'm going to open my sketchbook, open my notes, open my brain and thought process and walk through bringing these products to market along with you. I'm hoping that you'll join me on this journey and be sort of a focus group in real time and help me develop the best possible products that I can. I'm hoping you can learn from my mistakes. I've certainly wasted or lost plenty of money, whether it's through misplaced marketing initiatives or trade shows. I have been to more trade shows than I can count in the last 20 years. Gift shows, stationery shows, furniture shows, toy shows, kids' clothing shows. All of these shows are very expensive to be an exhibitor at, and they take time away from your family, time away from your desk. And I hope that I can share those lessons with you about what trade shows to do and what not to do at a trade show. So I'm hoping that through all the mistakes that I've made, all the money that I've wasted and lost over the years, that I can save you some of the heartache and some of the headache as you launch your new product idea. So enough about me. Let's talk about you for a minute. So you've got an idea. You have this spark. You think there has to be a better way. You've got a completely new idea for a product that doesn't exist at all, or you've got an idea to improve a product. I think this is part of who we are. I think we were made to make stuff. I think we all came into the world with creative impulses and wild ideas and some level of innate ability to figure out how to take those ideas into the physical world. When you were little, you probably drew pictures and created things out of paper mache or cardboard or Lego that you thought were incredible. And somewhere along the way, we we lost the ability to create with such wild abandon. So I want to help you get back to those roots to fulfill your desire to create. And we live in this time where it's never been more possible to connect with your target audience. You don't even have to sell to retail stores. You can sell directly to consumers through your own website or through other websites like Amazon. And we live in an age where we have 3D printers that are widely available at your public library or other maker spaces. We've got abilities to connect with other makers from around the world who have great ideas of how to improve our products. So the time we live in is so ripe for innovation, continued creation. I think sometimes we might get discouraged and think that all the good ideas have been already brought to market or that we don't have anything novel to share, but we all know that's not true. 
you may have had the experience of having a product idea that you wanted to do something with to bring to market. You didn't do anything with it. And then sure enough, two or three years later, somebody else did it. Somebody else followed through, successfully launched this product. So let's don't repeat that. Let's dive in together to make real stuff, to bring your product ideas to life. So first of all, thank you for listening today. Let's dive into our first topic, and that is the types of product categories that your idea fits into. As I see it, there are five unique categories that a new product can fall into. So let's walk through those now. And as we do, see if you can determine which category best fits the product that you have in your mind that you want to bring to life. The first category is a product improvement. So many of the inventions we see and use every day are improvements on products we are already using. One commonplace product that comes to mind is the simple vegetable peeler. Now, if you've spent any time in your grandparents' kitchen, you may have used a sort of old-school peeler that looks like a big metal loop with a sharp peeler on one end. And if you use that peeler for any length of time to peel a bunch of apples or potatoes, the end that's in your palm will start to dig into your hand and really is quite uncomfortable to use. Well, the kitchen gadget and consumer products company OXO became famous for improving this very peeler. They worked with a team from a consulting firm called Smart Design, and they observed the way people actually held and used peelers and other kitchen tools. They realized quickly after this observation that having a larger, softer handle would be much better for the cook, and they created what many people now use in their kitchens every day, a new product that's an improvement on the existing one with a large, soft handle. And this led OXO This one product design led them to an entire Good Grips line of products. So likely, if you look through your kitchen drawer now, you'll see a can opener, a peeler, maybe a spatula that has this kind of design with a large ergonomic handle. But prior to this, it was really just a simple, very practical item. But now it's both in form and function. It's nice to look at, and it's much more comfortable to use. Or we could also think of another common example which is luggage. It's hard to imagine now, but despite the fact that the wheel was invented thousands of years ago and everyone was lugging heavy suitcases through the airports for decades, it wasn't until the 70s when someone first thought to put a strap on one end of a large suitcase and one pair of wheels on the other so you could drag it along through the airport like a a dog you're walking. And then 15 years or so later came what we now use on every trip we take, which is an upright suitcase with four wheels on the bottom. Again, it's a simple improvement, but it was not obvious at the time. And now we can use that thing much more effectively, easily, conveniently. So that's our first category is an improvement to an existing product. The second category is what I call the problem solver. Many inventors get their start by identifying a problem in their daily lives and solving it, or scratching their own itch. This is the person you see on Shark Tank who says, there has to be a better way. Early in my product career, I was at the ABC Kids Expo in Las Vegas, one of the biggest kids and baby shows in the country. I met a young entrepreneur who had done just that. She had a child who had been seriously injured by falling down while they were walking around with a toothbrush in their mouth. It forced it into her child's soft palate and came within inches of her brain. This traumatic experience led this mompreneur, Heather Phillips, to innovate a solution. 
Little kids love this feeling of a toothbrush in their mouth on their teeth and gums. But if you combine that with a kid running around, that's a dangerous combination and serious problems can arise. So as Heather researched this, she found out that these soft palate injuries were really quite common and she set out to create a solution. She invented the soft silicone toothbrush called the banana brush. And toddlers can safely chew on it and even fall on it and it won't injure them at all. I should mention there's a link in the show notes to my website where you can see pictures of all these products. So if you want to see exactly what I'm talking about, be sure to check that out. This simple innovation has gone on to sell millions of units and now boasts over 22,000 reviews on Amazon. And by solving a problem she had in her own life, this inventor has saved the lives of others. If you go through your day with your eyes wide open, you're sure to see problems like this to be solved. Something that frustrates you, and then odds are there are millions of other people that are frustrated by this same thing. So that's our second category of product development, the problem solver. The third category is what I call the product hybrid. So some successful products are simply a blend of two existing products. One of my recent product launches for my company Plus Plus was just so during the pandemic, we had a lot of consumers playing with our Plus Plus products in a 2D way, making big mosaics. And so we wanted to have a product that would tap into this play pattern. So I had the idea to combine a, a puzzle, obviously a very traditional toy, and a paint by number, which is a very traditional art uh, medium type that's been around for a long time. So by combining these two, I created a new product called Plus Plus Puzzle by Number. We were able to trademark this term and create an entire new line of products that's represented significant growth for our company. So if we take two things that are well-known to many consumers and combine these two, that familiarity can really help drive the new product to success. The fourth category of product development is the category disruptor. So some inventions go beyond mere improvements and create completely new product categories. The most famous creator of these types of products is probably Apple. In Cupertino, California, even after the death of its founder, Steve Jobs, they continue to create products that defy categorization and inspire consumer demand where none existed before. So take the iPad as one example of this. It's not really an e-reader or e-book like a Kindle. It's not a computer. It doesn't have a keyboard. It's not a cell phone. It's not made for one specific purpose like that. But despite having to bushwhack its way through a crowded forest of consumer electronics, Apple has sold hundreds of millions of iPads since its debut in 2010. The iPad isn't really an improvement on anything, and nor is it solving any particular problem. Tech journalist Matt Buchanan wrote for Gizmodo in 2013 that Steve Jobs saw an opportunity for something, quote, more intimate than a laptop and so much more capable than a smartphone. Something between categories. And once the iPad burst on the scene, consumer demand proved Jobs right. Apple sold 450,000 units of the iPad in the first week, 1 million in the first month, and 19 million in the first year. And here's a little more information from this journalist for Gizmodo. He said, the iPad was turning five industries upside down. It was changing the way consumers brought and read books, newspapers, and magazines, as well as the way they watched movies and television. Revenues from these businesses totaled about $250 billion, or about 2% of United States GDP. And I would add, too, that in my industry, the toy and gift industry, the iPad is also proven to be a, a pretty big foe in our 
quest to keep kids playing off the screens. The iPad is really compelling for young kids. It wasn't an improvement on any toy that kids were using now, but it's become a big part of so many kids' lives. So through this innovation, Apple not only disrupted consumer electronics categories, but the U.S. economy as well. It's a real category shaker having impact far beyond its own industry. I will share one cautionary tale, though, from my own product development history in trying to create a sort of a new category. In 2010, I launched my first product that I created from scratch, a product called TopoZoo. I wanted to create a line of wooden toys that I could manufacture affordably in the United States. I came up with a series of sort of topographical or layered animals that kids could recombine into different crazy hybrids. And we'll get more into this product line later in our journey together when I talk about packaging and some other things that I did, I think, pretty well in that project. But what happened with that with that product was it didn't really fit neatly into any one category. It was sort of a puzzle. It was sort of room decor. And some retailers didn't quite know where to put it. We ended up selling it and placing it nationally at retailers like Whole Foods and some other key accounts. But because it didn't really fit neatly in any one category, that ended up hurting our ability to sell the products. Especially at the corporate level, you have buyers that are responsible for one specific category. So if the room decor buyer doesn't want to touch it and the puzzle buyer doesn't want to touch it because they each think it belongs to the other, that can create a problem for you as you're trying to pitch your product. So... New products can blaze completely new trails and be category busters and create their own categories, but it probably will be more difficult to sell to stores and possibly to consumers as a result. The last type of product I would talk about in terms of categories of product is a line extension. So many consumer product companies grow their product offering through line extensions. They might be selling several products in a certain category, and they decide to offer a new item in that category that appeals to a different buyer or in a different but sort of related category. So for example, a company that sells all natural cleaning products might decide to create a market a pet shampoo because it sees a hole in the market Uh, for that kind of natural formulation in the pet industry. And these products aren't totally innovative and may not even be new to the market, but they are new for the company and therefore also for their consumers. And again, at my company, Plus Plus, we're doing this kind of product development all the time. We sell creative toys, which are most obviously sold to kids and their parents as entertainment. But we're also pursuing products in other categories that appeal to art museums that appeal to educators that appeal to uh, therapists working with kids with special needs and more. So each of these developments, we're working on line extensions that will open up new categories or new markets for us, and but they require planning beyond existing toy channels. Well, that's it for me today. Thanks for listening to the episode one of the Make Real Stuff podcast. I'm really excited to start this project I hope you found today's episode helpful in thinking through these different categories for your product. Again, please refer to the show notes if you would like to see images of the products I've been talking about. And most of all, please connect with me. Visit me at makerealstuff.com or on social media at makerealstuff. I would love to talk with you, to connect with you, and to hear about what product you are bringing from Sketchpad to Store Shelf. Talk soon.